It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. My next guest has not been on a talk show with me since May. He came on before one of the games between the Oilers and the Jets in the playoffs, so he truly proves absence makes the heart grow fonder. It is the legend of Athabasca, TSN's Jay Onright, checking in. Hi, Jay. I can't believe you questioned whether I'd remember we were doing this interview on Twitter. My uh, my Twitter's blowing up with angry Ched listeners. Oh, oh I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. All the four people who follow me. Well, I'm glad you did remember, though. How's life? Good, real good. Uh, yeah, we're locked down out here uh, pretty good, Reed, but uh, everyone's healthy. And, um, yeah, show's continuing, so I uh, can't complain. Now, now, this show of yours, uh, like, is it still a national sensation or has it become kind of like The Simpsons in its 25th season where it's like, all right, what's Homer going to do today? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not sure if that was an insult or a backhanded compliment. I, I'm having a hard time kind of, uh, you know, finding my way through your question there uh, mentally, but... I will say that we continue to be uh, to be very much a beloved institution in this country, much as Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is a beloved institution uh, all throughout Alberta, where Chud listeners can enjoy the coverage. Uh, certainly, I was impressed to hear Ryan Nugent Hopkins live uh, in your studio there, promoting the fact that we were listening to the program. That's an incredible get. The Nuge just sort of hangs around while you guys do the show, or... Yeah, yeah. First of all, in terms of uh, being in the studio, I'm actually in my basement where you stayed when you came and visited a couple of years ago. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been to your house. So okay. what you're saying See, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins is in your house right now? That's incredible. Yeah, dude, we're gonna. Like, does, his, does his wife know where he is? Like, it seems strange. Like, he's yeah. just hanging around with you. Yeah, some blogger is going to cut that clip out and write 5,000 words on it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is in Reed Wilkins' house. Uh, anyway, how I was I, I stole something from your show. I better admit it right off the oh. top. I, I stole a clip of Craig Button last night talking about the Oilers goaltender. Uh, do I, ha- I don't know if I owe you royalties or, or Bell Media uh, royalties, but you, you had a, uh, Mr. Button, was, uh, he always comes on pretty strong, doesn't he? We love having him on. We, we started a new segment with Craig on the show yesterday. We were having a heck of a time coming up with a name for the segment, which is strange considering his last name is Button. It lends itself to a lot of possibilities. But in the end, we decided to steal the name Question Period from a CTV political show uh, starring Evan Solomon. 
and uh, and I think it went over really well. It's it's people who send in, uh, and we'd love to encourage all of your listeners to send in questions to the J on SC Twitter account uh, for Craig. Anything NHL related or World Junior related, um, you know, if you want to ask what, who Craig. Who Craig has is the Edmonton Oilers' top prospects right now, who he likes on the top of the prospect board. He's always very knowledgeable about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we just, you know, there. I feel like Craig is, is so great because he's not afraid to, to step out there and give his opinion, and it might sometimes be controversial, but it's fun to debate, and, and ultimately uh, it's just sports, right, Reed? It's entertainment. It's just fun. I mean, uh I mean, sure, the Oilers have hit a bit of a skid, but no one's too concerned about it. I don't see that much scuttlebutt on social media about the Oilers no, from no Oilers fans. Yeah. You know, no one's really discussing it right now. Everyone knows this team's going to turn it around, uh, and so I'm, I'm. I think that's the way we we. That's our philosophy with Craig. We we just love having him on. People seem to either love or hate him. And uh, and that's good enough for us, you know. We 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 hope people enjoy uh, enjoy tuning in, whether they're hate watching or love watching. <laughs> okay. Well, I know a lot of people are are love listening right now that you're on the show. Our, our ratings in Athabasca are going to be through the roof. I got I got two more questions for you because I know you have to go get hair and makeup done right away. Now, when you were on in the spring, and, and you know the Oilers were on the verge of getting swept by the Jets, you said. You know, everybody in your newsroom, all your colleagues know you're from Alberta. You used to go to Oilers games as a kid, and they, like, they come to you and ask you questions like you're the one with the solutions. Were you getting that last night from all the uh, Leafs fans who all, all are your colleagues? I think the difference now is that, and, you know, I know you you can't point to one specific thing with any team when they're struggling, but it seems like everyone collectively has sort of done that in this situation, haven't they, Reed? Right? Everyone's kind of focusing on the goaltending issue. So um, the difference now is everyone knows the problem, and so so they're not coming to me so much with that kind of uh, that kind of talk. Or maybe they're just afraid of what I might say. Or maybe they're just they. Or maybe because of COVID, they don't want to get too close to me. Either way, I'm fine with it. I, I'd rather not be asked about it because um, it's very difficult, uh, having grown up an Oiler fan, living in the city of Toronto. The city is a beautiful city, diverse, culturally enriching, great restaurants, wonderful place to live. But if you're not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, it's excruciating. And so um, maybe they're just giving me a break because they know I'm not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I might cut out that sign about as, as well. Being a, it's excruciating if you're not a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. All right, I, I, I tried to, I tried to think of like an original, intelligent question for you. So here's my attempt at this. This is this is finally me trying to impress you after being your practicum student 23 years ago. What other broadcaster's ability or strength do you wish you had? Oh, I love that question. That is a really good question. Did Nuge help you with that one? Yes, Nuge just helped, yes. Gosh, you know, I like... Now, before we get into it, what if we change the name of Inside Sports to Wilkie and the Nuge? Wilkie and the Nuge, to me, is like a cool like name for a radio show, right? Like, that's the kind of thing that could really take this show to the next level. So I just want... Let's just compartmentalize that statement and leave that there. Moving on, what broadcast ability? Okay, I, I've got it, Reed. 
I know. I was just talking to someone about this the other night. We were talking about the gentleman. He used to do the voiceovers for ABC in the 80s, and it was the same guy. You know, he would he would say things like, he'd be like, tonight on MacGyver. You know, and it, it was just like the coolest voice, but all he has is a voice, right? Like, he doesn't really, it's like supermodels. All they have is their looks. They're not really talented, right? They're not, they don't have any ability, really, other than just to talk. So I, I wish I had a voice like that. Like, I wish I had a voice like Rod Smith, for example, just this beautiful, rich, smoky baritone where I would be asked by many different companies and corporations to do voiceover work, sitting in the comfort of my basement. Um, gosh, that would be wonderful. I remember when I worked for A-Channel in the 90s, there was a, a semi-famous Canadian voiceover guy named Earl Mann, he did the voiceover work for all the A-channels, and he had that great tonight on A-channel late-night movies. And he did it all from his basement in Toronto, and he was paid ridiculous money to do it. So uh, that seems like, in hindsight, a shallow answer. Like, I probably should have said Chris Cuthbert's play-by-play ability or James Duffy's interview ability or Lisa LaFlamme's grace and poise in a tough new situation, but I'd rather go the easy route and say, I just wish I had a better voice so I could make money sitting in my underwear in my basement, just as you're doing right now, Reed, on Wilkie and the Nuge, weeknights on 630 Chat. Yeah, well, don't make too many assumptions about the underwear, buddy. Hey, thanks for hopping on the show. Have a great program this evening. You're always welcome here, my friend. I'll say this. I'm a huge Wilkie and the Nuge fan. Uh, nobody a bigger fan of this show than I. Uh, so uh, keep do- keep up the good work, fellas. All my best to RNH and uh, and keep the keep the party going. All the best to you guys. All the best to Morinville. All the best to Athabasca. All the best to Cold Lake. All the best to Vegarville, and all the best to all the great towns in the province of Alberta. There we go. That is the man himself, Jay Onright, checking in as he gets ready for his program on TSN tonight. What are they? What is it? SC with Jay now? I think I think it's called. And uh, he's on at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. He's uh, He was the first guest ever on this show when I took over. And uh, even though we needed each other, we, we, he, he is my friend. And no, Nuge is not here if you just tuned in halfway during that interview. Always fun to have Jay on the show. We try to bring him on every once in a while. Okay, during that interview, excruciatingly waiting on hold <laughs> on the Surgeon Hotline, one of our regular callers here is uh, Sir Robert. Sir Robert, I'm sorry you have to follow that mess. What's going on? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that was overly bad, but but, uh, but I mean, I, I would say the uh, the name uh, Wilkie and the Nuge was uh, wasn't wasn't uh, exactly intriguing. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, 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 what do you want to talk about today? But uh, anyway, I guess uh, just to, uh, if, we're, if we're talking about the uh, Oilers' uh, goaltending situation, I've, I, I had a look at the list of some of their some of the uh, potential free agent goalies out there. You've got uh, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, obviously, obviously with a, a seven million dollar cap hit. Find the Oilers. I don't know that I would trade for him because I don't because I don't know I don't know that Fleury would stay here. There's that, and then Kemper, who who we we lost out on, but one guy, but uh, but uh, uh, there's a couple guys on this list that I like: Thomas Grice and Braden Holtby, as well as uh, Martin Jones, and those guys, and those guys, uh, those guys' cap hits are anywhere between two million and three point six. 
So if I'm the Oilers, if you're going if you're going after a goalie at the deadline, I'm going after one of those three guys, the Jones, the Jones, Holtby, or Grice, simply because their cap hits are less. So worst case scenario, if those guys decide to finish the season and then leave, I think that way I think that would be less of a hit for the team. Uh, yeah, Grice is one name I wrote down. I, I didn't put Jones or Holtby on the final list of seven or eight that I was going to present. Grice is a UFA after the season. He's uh, He makes 3.6. I mean, you'd still have to get Detroit to take Koskinen. He's six and seven this year with an 895 save percentage, though. So his numbers aren't that great. But uh, he is an interesting possibility for sure. Robert, thanks for calling, man. Probably talk to you after the next game. Yeah, all right, Reed. Thanks. That is Sir Robert checking in yeah i want to go over the uh that list of potential goaltenders uh for edmonton and uh i talked to a couple of other people today just sort of off the record about the orders and i want to share hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline some of the things they told me to it's inside sports on 630 chat Get a look around the NHL here. After two periods, Lightning lead the Flames 1-0. Tampa Bay out shooting Calgary 27-13. Also after two, Sharks up 3-1 on the Sabres. And the Wild lead the Bruins 3-2. And another one after two periods, Blue Jackets and Devils are tied 1-1. Start of the third, Penguins leading the Flyers 3-1. Gensel has his 17th. No score early between the Panthers and the Stars. Still to come, Jets at Colorado. Chicago at Coyotes. Rangers at Golden Knights. That should be a good game. Predators at Kings. There were a couple other games on the schedule. They have been postponed. The next Oilers broadcast, courtesy Furnace family here on 630 Ched, is Monday. Is Monday. The Oilers host the Ottawa Senators. And that is a 6 o'clock face-off show and game at 8. Late one. 6 o'clock face-off show, game at 8 between the Senators and and the Oilers. Uh, of course, time for your calls if you want to check in. Appreciate everybody who chimed in in the first 45 minutes of the show. You also heard from Jay Onright on a uh, wide-ranging conversation <laughs> uh, as we uh, take you through Inside Sports tonight. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned that set. If the Oilers had average middle-of-the-pack, an, an average middle-of-the-pack 5-on-5 five five save percentage, they would have allowed 12 fewer goals this season. And that's probably worth four or five points. So it doesn't put them at the top of the standings. Certainly helps their position. Um, There are other issues on this team. And now I I talked to a couple of people this afternoon in the wake of what that Craig Button clip I played from last night. And 
you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll speak to people just off the record and say, look, I'm, I'm going to use what you tell me on my show for conversation and for thoughts, but I, I won't attribute it to you. And they understand that's the rule. Uh, and one person I talked to who, and these are both people who have worked and or played in the NHL. Uh, one of the, one of the two guys was really down on the Oilers goaltender, uh, goaltending, like really, really down on it. And uh, he kind of agreed with Craig Button and said, fix that and other things might fall into place or at least look better. And they might give you a better sense of what you actually have. And I said, okay, like, like fair enough, but the Oilers give up too many great opportunities. And he just said, well, then isn't that more reason to get a better goaltender? So, you know, he, 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 he didn't say go get a better defenseman or fix the five on five play. Uh, he said, just get a better goaltender. And everything might start to look a little better. And, you know, I, and I, I did say to this person, you know, if I'll, I'll, I'll give him that point that if, you know, we talk a lot about the depth scoring and I do it and I've done it a lot, but I, to be fair, like no one cares if Colton Sevier scores a goal or not, if you're only giving up to a game, right? Like every player looks a little better and looks like he's doing his job a little more effectively if the goals aren't going in. Uh, this first individual I talked to thought that the first goal against on Mike Smith last night was an incredibly bad goal. Like he said, that's not a bad bounce. He, he said, that is a bad goal. He said the puck went wide of the net and it wound up in the net. Uh, the other person I spoke to was sort of mixed on that one. He said, uh, yeah, it's a bad goal because Smith got a little bit out of position. And, you know, he, he said when he watches a goaltender, he can kind of tell if they turn their head or their body a certain way. They, they kind of know they've misplayed it a little bit. But he also said it, it's a bad break, too, that it came off the, the wall that way. So, you know, a couple different people there with, uh, with sort of different opinions. Take, take for that what, what you will on, uh, on that particular goal against. But as, as Craig Button said, he compares the Oilers goaltender goaltending to a rickety bridge. And you feel tense, and if, if you make it to the other side, it wasn't an easy journey. And, and maybe it just cause, does come down to that. A few more saves changes everything. You stay in the game a little longer. Maybe you don't give up the first goal against. Maybe you got a chance to get the lead. Um, so this is the conversation we're having. And, and the, one of the people I talked to also said this to me. He said, Reed, where were the St. Louis Blues on January 1st, 2019? I said they were last in the NHL. Everybody knows that story. And yes, uh, Bennington took over a net. He went 24-5-1 with a 9.30 save percentage in the 2019 part of the schedule. And I, I know a couple of people have called into me and Rob and said, well, what if Stuart Skinner's the next Jordan Bennington? Fair enough. I, the only thing I say to that is the, the reason that it's a story what Bennington did is because it's so unusual. Now, I, I have no problem giving Skinner more starts. I, I don't know if I'm ready to just anoint him the number one at this point and say, well, kids, save the season, you know, get us back into a playoff spot and go win the Stanley Cup. Um, so I, I, I caution against anybody thinking, well, Stuart Skinner will just do what Bennington did. Because, again, the reason that's a story is because it's quite unusual for a team to go from last place to the Stanley Cup being led by uh, a, a goalie who was really a no-name goaltender before that. that. I mean, that's why it's a story. Now, having said that, I'm at the point where maybe you give Skinner a few more starts here just to see uh, if he can help. So that, that's, uh, that's part of that discussion. But, yeah, I mean, when 
I, I checked the standings on January 1st, 2019, the St. Louis Blues had 34 points. They were actually tied for last place with the Ottawa Senators in Bennington, a 930 save percentage. The, the Oilers don't necessarily need a 930 save percentage. If they could have, uh, talking specifically five on five, if they could have about a 920, they'd be shaving off some goals against. All right. Uh, I still haven't got to my list of goalies. We will do that. <laughs> I've kind of kind of got a lot of calls, and Jay came on, and a lot to talk about on this topic for sure. We got to call a quick timeout. Uh, it is Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week. That's always fun. We'll touch on what's going on there in the next hour or two. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.